when surrounded by darkness, a single light can shine most brilliantly and pierce the darkness. And that's precisely what happened in the middle of the last century, around 1949, when the communists overran China. And the soldiers would go from village to village and basically shut down the churches and arrest pastors, priests. In one particular village, the soldiers came as usual and they arrested the pastor and locked him in the rectory under armed guard. And then they proceeded to go into the church and to desecrate it. They broke into the tabernacle. They threw the consecrated hosts on the floor. There were 32 of them. And they continued to destroy as much of the church as they could, and then they left. What they didn't notice was sitting in the back pew in the corner in the shadows was a little girl, 11 years old, and she had just made her first communion. She had a deep, deep reverence for Christ in the Eucharist. And she stayed, saw what happened, prayed for an hour, and then she consumed one of the hosts from the floor. And then she slipped past the guard and went back to her home for that evening. The next evening, she did the same. She slipped past the guard, went into the church, prayed a holy hour, and then consumed a second host from the floor. She proceeded to do this for 32 consecutive evenings until the last host was consumed. And then something very tragic happened. She tripped over the debris on the floor and caused enough noise that the guards were alerted. She ran from the church, they chased her down, and they beat her to death. It's a true story. It's been told in many different versions. The light that came from that one act pierced the darkness because that story came to a number of different people, one of which was a priest. And he was so moved by what this girl had done, this 11-year-old girl, he pledged to not let a day go by without making a holy hour. Now, he had been doing that in the past, but he reconfirmed his commitment. He was a very busy priest. He later became bishop, even more busy. But he said that he rearranged his whole schedule so that he could have that holy hour before the Lord. He called it the hour of power and became a very famous bishop, Bishop Fulton Sheen, who influenced millions of people around the world. He was very scholarly, had two doctorates, one in theology, one in philosophy. He taught at a prestigious Catholic university. He was a pastor, a prolific author, and the first televangelist that ever came on the scene, way before the evangelicals got into the act. And he influenced many, and his light shone so brilliantly that toward the end of his life, after 60 years of priesthood, a reporter was interviewing him and asked, well, Bishop, how was it that you were able to live such a dedicated life to Christ and the church for 60 years, no scandals, just wonderful service? What was your inspiration? And the reporter was thinking he would probably answer with some famous canonized saint or a pope or a cardinal, but he replied, 
with that story that I just related. Now, that light that came from that one act, from that little girl, is meant for us to also pierce the darkness. First of all, if there were any doubt in our own minds and hearts about the power of the Eucharist or the power of prayer of the Holy Hour, let that be put aside. In fact, Bishop Sheen preached many, many times about how essential was a holy hour. He said he couldn't have done anything that he accomplished because he was so nourished by that prayer, so nourished with time before the Lord, he was able to do so much, even though he was so busy. Now, for us today, granted, we are very busy, super busy. In fact, most of the time we're multitasking. But what the bishop preached was not only to priests and to religious about the Holy Hour, he also preached to laity. And he challenged all of us to set aside that time every day before the Eucharist and just ask the Lord to come into our heart and to strengthen us and to nourish us with that same power. After this Mass, we are going to process with the Eucharist into our chapel, and I invite you to follow and to spend some time before the Eucharist. Not just after this Mass, but perhaps we can work this into our daily routine. I think the bishop would say, because he gave that answer when he was very elderly, he would probably say that when we're at the end of our life and maybe we're on our deathbed and we're looking back and evaluating what we did or didn't do, we may regret all kinds of things, foolish things that we spent time with, but we will never regret the time we spent with the Lord. So I just leave you with that story as we begin this sacred tritium on this Holy Thursday. Granted, we haven't been able to celebrate this for two years, and so it's a great joy for us to be here and to recognize what God has done for us in Christ and this marvelous sacrament that he has given us. So let us follow the example of this little Chinese girl and of Bishop Fulton Sheen and let our own light shine. And the way we do that, because the other essential part of this service is the washing of the feet, and we heard what Jesus did with his own apostles, something unheard of for a rabbi to actually wash the feet of his pupils. But that's what Jesus did, and he did it as an example for us. He said that right there today's gospel, and he wanted them to imitate him. The Eucharist and this life of charity are so intimately connected that when we do spend time before the Lord and then come to Mass and receive him in the Eucharist, then we're able to live that life of charity and wash each other's feet, which means to forgive, encourage, come alongside people that perhaps rub us the wrong way, Build community, because that's what communion is. The Eucharist is building community. And let our light shine. We've been so graced by God. Let us thank him by coming before him in prayer, like this little girl did. Reverence him in the sacrament that he has given us. And then serve one another in love.